Hello guys and welcome back to my new podcast. Now today this will be a collaborative podcast and what we're going to be talking about is ours at the last airbender which is you know the general topic on my show. And I was at the last airbender in many different aspects as to how it's good and bad in its own ways. Now I would like to welcome welcome our guest today. Hi. It's weird. Now, today we're going to be talking about, well, the first, first thing we're going to be talking about is the, the building blocks of the show. How it became a great show and how did it become so very popular. Now, in my opinion, I only just started watching Avatar The Last Airbender, but I love the show a lot. It is great. It has great character development, and unlike other shows, it took time for the arc of the characters, for the development of the characters, going from one place to another and becoming a better character. What do you think about how Avatar has been? Well, I like Avatar the way they didn't just introduce all the characters one time. It took some time. A few episodes in, you got Toph. A few episodes in, you got Zuko. Then the way Zuko went from a bad guy to a good guy. You have Iroh. All the characters and the way it just took time. And it actually makes you want to watch the episodes to see who's going to come next, what's going to happen. Yes, I think that's actually a great idea of the show and as you said as he just said how you took Zuko from going to a bad guy to a good guy same way you took Iru from a bad guy to a good guy it's really great the way they put it I like I like the facts of that and as he said yes it would make you want to watch more of the show as you see things on let's say you see on YouTube or you hear from your friends talking about Zuko or talk, and then you start watching the show, and you're like, hmm, these people aren't there. I want to see them. So you watch it until you get them, and then you watch it until you get them. That's a way of making you watch the show. I like that idea. Yes. And also, as I did, uh, my previous podcast was on Zuko. The way they took the time for his redemption arc, not just saying, okay, I'm a bad guy. Oh, I want to be good. I want the wrong side. And I just immediately turned to a good guy. The way they took the time from a bad guy to going to living the life and seeing what really he's doing wrong to realizing he ha- he's on the wrong side and taking the time to do the redemption arc. I like that. I like that style. And then another thing, let's take a quick break to talk about Ang. Now, when I say talk about Ang, I don't I mean talk about his power, but not just talk about his power. Talk about the way Ang grew as a better character. For example, how Korra grew as a better avatar, a better person. Now, Ang went from as Katara stated, the goofy kid in an iceberg to the all-powerful avatar who declared an era of peace in the world. Now, 
as you see, Ang, Ang was a bit hesitant, as his world stated, all life is precious. Now, as the previous airbending avatar said, as the avatar, your duty is to the world, and you must put the, the safety of the world before your morals. So, what do, what do you think? Honestly, Ang was too much of a coward for me. I mean, it is a kid's show, so you're not going to be killing people left and right, you know. But at the same time, like, for example, um, Ozai, it would have been way easier to just kill him. And there's many other people where it would have just been easier for it. And I guess, okay, yeah, he's the hero, and maybe you're trying to teach others, the kids that are watching that, not everything has to, you just, you're not supposed to just do it easy. You might need to work for it or whatever. But at the same time, if you're trying to save the world, like um, she just said, you should put your, the world, saving the world um, before your morals. Yes, that's actually a pretty good idea. And as I thought multiple times before, as I rewatched the show, and as I'm rewatching it, Anna is going to be a stronger and more powerful avatar. But at the same time, for example, okay, so let's take when he killed, when he, not killed, but hurt, burned Katara. He swore to never fire bed again. And as Jabari, well, my friend, just said, it's very cowardice. It's not very good, you know? But he did firebend again, and as um, Guru Patik said, you must learn to accept that happened. And a famous quote by Zaheer, well, not very famous, but a quote by Zaheer, you have to learn to accept what happened. Maybe you cannot forget, but you can accept. What do you think? Um, honestly, Ang always had a crush on Katara, so to hurt her with firebending, and also having the correlation that firebenders destroyed his home, firebenders are the bad guy, I would kind of understand why he wouldn't want to firebend again, but he needs firebending to beat Ozai. So, like we said just a while ago, and we've been saying, put your, put saving the world in front of your morals. Exactly. Now, as, as my friend here just said, that is a very good explanation of it. You must always focus on the task. And now, you will not apply that just to the topic we're speaking on, but to your life, not just this. So now, let's look at Ang. He always had the image... And not just Ang, but the world. They always had the image that the firebenders are the bad guys. They started the war. But in the reality of it, firebenders aren't the bad guys. It's just the different firebenders. And we took Zuko, and we took um, Iroh. They were firebenders, but at the same time, they were the good guys. And as Ang defeated the Fire Lord, we saw more the good side of the Fire Nation. Like, 
the firebenders in the Earth Kingdom colonies. They, they were firebenders, but they weren't fighting in the war. But they were good, well, not necessarily good guys, but they didn't do any harm to say that they're bad guys, okay? So they're firebenders, but they're not bad. And now, let's take a little trip to the Legend of Korra, as we saw Fire Lord Izumi. She blatantly stated that she would not be fighting any more nonsense wars in Fire Nation history as they already fought the Hundred Year War. Now back to the show, Avatar The Last Airbender. There's so many things that we have to talk about, but maybe not just now. There's... Okay, so listen. We have all the characters to speak of, but let's focus on one character at a time. I think we've spoken enough about Aang. So my friend, who do you think we should talk about next? Hmm, maybe Sokka. Let's talk about Sokka. Okay, sounds like a good idea. But what is there to talk? What is the thing we need to talk about? Now, let's say, look at Sokka. Sokka always wanted to be a warrior. He always wanted to fight in the war alongside his father, okay? So that's one thing about Sokka. Sokka always wanted what's right. Even when it came down to Zuko joining Team Avatar, he just wanted to defeat the Fire Lord, okay? That's all he wanted. He just wanted good and peace for the world. And that's something we can see in Sokka throughout the entire show. Other than his goofiness and his great sense of humor, we also see that Sokka was a great character and he wanted what was best for the world. Do you agree? Yes, I do agree. And also, as we see Sokka, in, well, in flashbacks, he wanted to go with his father to the war. But his father, Hakoda, told him that he was too young to fight in the war. And being a man is doing what you needed the most. And at that time, it was there in the South Pole defending his home. And Sokka was touched by those words. And it was something that he would hold with him for the rest of his life. Now, what do you want to say about Sokka and how he is just a great character and a favorite for so many people? Well, that statement there, I kind of have to disagree because... Sokka was really the weakest in all of Avatar. Don't get me wrong, Sokka is not a bad character. And for somebody who doesn't have Bennett, he's done a lot in the show and for Team Avatar. But if you really think about it, can you list at least ten, the top 10 things Sokka has done that made a great significant impact in the Avatar world? Yes, he threw a boomerang and it came back during the, the, um, the fight with Fire Lord Ozai. But that's really, that's really it, because we have Toph, the person who invented metal bending. You have Katara, the person who mastered blood bending in what, like a day? And then you have Avatar, Hemi, Avatar Ang, which, like I said, is the Avatar, and the last airbender. And then you just have Sokka, the guy with no, air, with no airbending powers, no water bending, 
no fire bending, no anything. And yes, he learned from one of the greatest swordsmen, but did he really put that to much use? I mean, I kind of agree with that statement, but at the same time, Sokka was a great warrior, just like Chief Hakoda. Well, later to be Chief Hakoda. Now, you can see, I, I do agree with that statement, but Sokka, yes, Sokka was a great warrior. He did what was best for the world, but he didn't have bending, but he, was still, he still contributed a lot to the show, you know. He was the laughs and talks of the show, you know. And, you know, honestly, it was just a lot to say about soccer, but then at the same time, there's not much anyway. And as my friend here just mentioned, we, he did learn from the greatest swordsman, swordsmaster, or swordsman you may call him, Master Paku. But as he was saying that, I was thinking he did just throw away the sword in the final battle. So I guess... Yeah, he didn't contribute much. And then when he threw Boomerang, he was like, Boomerang's not coming back. I think this is the end. And Sokka was really powerless once both of his things were gone, you know? He had nothing to fight with. He gave up. He, he, the Shete was nowhere to be found. And he, I guess he traded it for his sword or whatever. But his Bashete wasn't there. He threw his Boomerang and he didn't come back. He, he lost his sword. We had no idea where it went, and honestly, it was just, yeah, I agree with that. But all around, Soccer was a great character, I like that. And now, who should we talk about next? The greatest earthbender or the love-attached Kotaro? Mm, let's talk about, why don't you choose this time? Yeah, I think we'll talk about the love-attached Kotaro. Now, a lot of people will say, oh my God, she's always mentioned in her mother, it's so annoying. And yes, well, that is true. We don't really take the time, some people don't really take the time to put aside the great aspects of Kotara. And like my friend here mentioned with soccer, she mastered bloodbending in like, what, a day? So, there's a lot of great things to talk about Kotara. She's a master waterbender. She is a bloodbender. Not to mention that she can bloodbend without a full moon in shown in the episode The Southern Raiders, where she bloodbends the man who was thought to be her mother's killer. Now, let's see. Katara is very courageous as seen. She's very courageous and she's very fierce as seen when she wanted to battle Master Paku in the Northern Water Tribe. And we can see that Katara really is into her waterbending and wants to master the elements. And when she taught Ang, she was furious that, she got, that he got it in such an easy way and in such quick time when, she, when some of the bending techniques she taught him took months for her to master and you can see that Katara showing that you can see that Katara really envied it and now I want to hear what your opinion is well I think Katara was just a bit too jealous and as a master especially a master of the avatar I think you should be proud that your student is well doing better than you he's 
learning it faster, he's learning it better. That means you taught him well. She should have looked more of the positive than of the negative. And yes, I can understand. You took months to learn this, and this guy just did it in like, what, a week? And he mastered it in a week? But at the same time, you taught him it. You should be proud. And also, it's for the greater good. If he didn't learn waterbending, what, Ozai most of, well, would most likely have won the great um, battle at the end. And, well, we all know what would have happened. And the Earth Kingdom would have gone down, yes. Exactly. So, and, yes, it's kind of annoying that she's always mentioning her mother because everything that she does that's slightly wrong, like her excuses, my mother died, my mother this, my mother that. And she didn't like Zuko even when he tried to turn a new leaf over. Like, he tried to be good, he tried to join Team Avatar. And she just didn't like him. Yes, exactly. Now I was about to mention that. She blamed Zuko for her mother's death. You know, each time she blamed Zuko for her mother's death. Now let's count a couple times she, she said about her mother's death. In the episode, The Seventh Southern Raiders, about the first episode, she mentioned when Zuko was saying, talking to her about, why do you hate me, blah, blah, blah. Like, she was, I, she was like, I was the first one to trust you. Remember back in Basing Se and then you betrayed me, and blah, blah, blah. And Zuko was like, okay, so then what can I do to make it up to you? And she was like, maybe you could reconquer Basing Se in the name of the Earth thing. Or maybe you can bring my mother back. And then Zuko realized her anger towards her mother's death was directed at him because Zuko is Fire Nation. That's why Zuko wanted to get, get revenge with Katara for the man who killed her mother. Because everybody else trusted him and was a valued part of the team Avatar. But then Katara, on the other hand, was just furious with him for absolutely no reason. Can we also talk about how, yes, in the show they tried to make Zuko look a bit older, but Zuko is still, was still a child. By the time Katara's mom was being taken away, it's either that Zuko was home with his parents or whatever, or he was like, I don't know. Very even, young. He was very young. Like, he wasn't doing anything. He was just chilling at home. Maybe, I don't know the exact timeline, so that's why I'm kind of hesitating because I don't know if his mom was gone yet. I'm pretty sure she was or not. I, I'm not too sure, but at the same time, what I'm trying to say is Zuko wasn't anywhere near Katara's mom. She, he wasn't anywhere near the, another, the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah, the Southern Water Tribe when Katara's mom got took, taken away. Nowhere. Yes, and it's not that the thing Katara's mother got taken away. Katara? Oh, and also, can we talk about how Katara's always blaming people for her mother's death? But technically, it's her fault because they were looking for the single waterbender in that tribe. Who was the single waterbender? Katara. And Katara's mother was trying to protect the last waterbender, which is why the the dude yon ra killed katara's mother because they wanted to see the water tribe as no longer a threat as you can see in the raid with the northern water tribe so it's 
half and half Katara's fault, but then half and half not Katara's fault because her mother tried to protect her. So yes, and I'm also I'm not trying to blame Katara because nobody asked her to come out as a waterbender. But at the same time, if you were a waterbender and your mother sacrificed herself for you, then you shouldn't be blaming her death on other people. At least take some responsibility for it, you know. Exactly. And as the last waterbender in the Southern Tribe, we should be proud to be a waterbender and be proud to have met with the Avatar to teach him the art of waterbending and have a future like culture in water in the art of waterbending. Not be down at it all the time as your mother died. And it was technically your fault that your mother died. So don't go around blaming other people for it. People who were not involved whatsoever. And at the episode in the episode of the Southern Raiders, Sokka went up to Katara and she was like and Sokka was like, Katara, you shouldn't you shouldn't go for revenge. Revenge isn't the right thing. And Katara was like, Don't you understand this is our mother? And then Kata- and then Sokka was like, Yes, I do understand, but this is the wrong thing. And then Katara went like well, you, did, you just didn't love her the way I did. And I was just shook. Absolutely shook. Because Katara and Sokka had the same mother. Well, not like if they were a different mother or something. It was like... It was just outrageous that Katara straight up said that to Sokka's face. And I was very... I was actually disappointed in Katara for saying that. You know, in all the time that she said she, her mother was dead and she was complaining about it, and this is the topic we stick on because of the way, you know, she's at it, she literally went up to her brother, full brother, not half-brother, and said, you just didn't love her the way I did. Well, I think that's about it for Katara, so should we move on to talk? Yeah, we should. Okay, you start. Well, there's a lot of things we can say that Toph accomplished, but people always focus on the good side of Toph and never focus on the aspects that might need, you know, changing about Toph. Like, for example, Toph was always hard-headed, always, you know, acid and rough. I mean, that is the attitude of an earthbender, so we can't really blame her for that because, you know, she's an earthbender. And that's the attitude of an earthbender. But at the same time, can we please say, Toph accomplished many great things, but at the same time... Okay, so let's take, for example, when she was training Ang. At first, you know, she was trying to train Ang as an earthbender, to be an earthbender, but she was training him as if he's not, like, an airbender. She was... She didn't know how to train him properly, so I can't really blame her for that, because, you know... Maybe she's never been a teacher before, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, Toph wanted Ang to face it head on like a rock. That's how earthbenders go at it. That's the earthbender attitude. So I can't, again, I can't blame her for that. And now, so Toph calls at it. And when she's sending, hurling the boulder down at Ang, Ang just jumped out of the way, and Toph came right down and went at it at Ang, 
and was like, you had perfect stats, you had perfect form, but when he came back to the town, he just jumped out of the way like a jelly bone wimp. And Ang was really just upset and maybe sad because he couldn't earth them, but it was putting him in, as he said, an awkward position. So, it's, yes, a thing that Ang would do because you know of his attitude and his origin. And Katara had to tell her, it was, all Ang needed was, you know, a gentle nudge in the right direction. Friend. Yes, um, Toph, honestly, Toph is one of my favorite from Team Avatar. She's one of the most, I think, level-headed ones. Like, you need to beat Oza, you can't be running away from earthbending. And one of the things I like is that in, um, technically, Avatar is a kid's show, I say with inverted commas, but... Um, Toph is like, she, she doesn't, like, censor herself for a kid's show, you know, like, I mean, she's not cursing all about the place, but at the same time, it's not like she's trying to look better or be better just for the kid, the sake of a kid's show, like, for example, when she was trying to, um, when they were setting up with, um, Katara, she didn't just follow Katara's lead, because she's a side character, because she came after, I would say. But like, yes. So as he's saying that, it yes. So like, you see, when Toph says it, she's carrying her own wind, but she doesn't realize that she's not actually helping. And as he was saying, for a kid's show, she has to be more censored. And as we can take a look. Let's look at Zuko for a reference. She did have good character development, you know, as like Zuko did. She didn't go from bad guy to good guy. It's just that she went from this person who was, you know, rough and always, you know, at it to the person who was more like, you know, calm and was a better earthbender and teacher all around. She even started her own Mesobending Academy. And other than that, she was more not, she wasn't like how she was with Ang. She was a better teacher. We can see that if we read the comics or we just watch the, the comics. So yes, continue what you were saying. Yeah, I think this is about a good time to wrap up the podcast. We've gone over Wait, have we gone over Ang? Yes, we have. Okay, yeah, we've gone over the whole of the Avatar team. Um, we haven't really touched up on Zuko to say as part of the Avatar team, but I think Zuko is good for somebody by themselves, right? So I think we might talk more about Zuko or maybe somebody like Uncle Iroh or Ozai in the next podcast. Either way, thanks for watching, guys, and see you next time. So yes, that was a good outro. Goodbye.